On today's episode, we talked about digestion essentials part two, from the liver, the gallbladder, the pancreas to leaky gut, parasites, and more. It's going to be a juicy episode, so enjoy. Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell. Join us in a range of experts as we explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health and talk through ideas for how we can support your wellness journey. Let's jump in and peel the onion. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Cheryl. Yo, yo. Yo, how goes it? It goes, you know, another day, another dollar, a new discovery, you know, (laughs) whatever it is. (laughs) Great. You're just rolling with it. It sounds like. Yeah, you know, you got to do your thing. I've been thinking a lot about the gut this week, a lot. Yes. I mean, after our conversation last episode about digestion, I have two. It's been really fun to dive deep back into the physiology again. It's been a minute for me. I've been busy cooking and not really talking to clients as much about their gut but I know you have. So we're going to actually dive a little deeper today, aren't we? We're going to get into the liver, gallbladder, pancreas, and talk a little bit about the small intestine and yeah. yeah, And how they all dance and coordinate to help our digestion be maximized. Now, before you, you know, you sweet listener out there get feel like this is going to be overwhelming. We're going to make this really approachable and brief, but we really just want to help extend the knowledge from our last episode and bring it, bring it into a kind of a, a full picture. Our digestion as we talked about last time starts in our mouth and ends at our rectum, but there's so many other things going on and, you know, our body's additional organs all play a part. So, yeah. So, so let's get started. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about the liver, the gallbladder and the pancreas, which believe it or not is part of our digestive system. Something that often gets overlooked. How many um, times have you heard somebody say, I do not have a gallbladder or, you know, they're having a hard time with insulin resistance or maybe Mm -hmm. diabetes type two. There's lots of things that sort of can come into play here, but the, the gallbladder and the pancreas and the liver play a party part with the full gut. It is actually part of the digestive system. And it's something that often gets overlooked. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that because we have to have optimally functioning chains from the whole thing, starting with our liver, which processes and filters toxins and all sorts of um, things, but also, you know, when we think about things like the gallbladder, we have bile and our body makes um, and produces bile and breaks down our fats. That's why our gallbladders are insanely important. And the gallbladder and the liver have a conversation, but also the pancreas is where we process um, all of our sugars and carbohydrates is the you know, a huge part of our hormonal system. And it's also having a conversation with the gallbladder and these three things need to work in flux. And when they get mucked up and they do, and they can, and most of us, even if you feel like you feel pretty great, that doesn't mean that there's not a block in the chain or some sluggishness or other. And so, you know, these three organs are really responsible for our digestive enzymes and how we break down food. Last week's episode, we talked a lot about 
digestive enzymes in the sense of our saliva, our salivary emylates. But the point of enzymes is, again, they help us to break down um, peptides, proteins. They help us to break down our other food sources. The body is insanely smart. If we are not breaking down our fats and breaking down our proteins, including having optimal stomach acid, the body is not getting the nutritional value out of our food. And as we age, we lower get lower in enzymes. And as we maybe have things like hidden infections or food intolerances or other things happening, those enzymes, they get taxed and they get lower. And so we're not functioning at a place of being optimal. And we want to be optimal, right? We, we don't want to just be functioning suboptimally or just okay. We want to all be thriving and feeling great. And this is really where the liver and gallbladder and the pancreas become really, really important, including having a conversation with the stomach and so forth. It's really so magically made. I think is a great way of um, sort of thinking about it. Yeah, it is. It's it's such a dance and so essential. I think we all think about like, you know, if I, like, as long as I'm just not drinking alcohol, my liver is going to be fine, you know, like, or as long as I'm, you know, I, I just avoid a lot, lot of fatty foods, then I'll be fine. But like, I, I don't need a gallbladder, you know, it, it's, it's, it's giving me trouble. Let's, let's take it out. Or, and then I know a, a lot of people are like, well, what the hell yeah. does the pancreas even do? I even know I had one. So, so anyway, yep. I think it's, this is a great conversation. I can, Let's elaborate a little bit on why we need a gallbladder and why the absorption and digestion of fats is even important. I mean, you know, like some people actually believe that, you know, fat's going to make us fat, that like we don't need a lot of fat, that, you know, it, it's it's harmful to us. It, it's going to cause cardiovascular issues. But actually, we do need fat for lots of reasons, and the least of which is making sure that you know, we are actually being able to develop good cholesterol, that we are being able to support health and mending, that our you know each of our cell walls is actually surrounded by a lipid layer, which is a layer of fat. Our brains are mostly made of fat. You know, we need fat plays in a really important role to health and healing. And not to mention, it gives us such great energy to burn off. Absolutely. Um, fat is fuel. Fat is fuel. Right. Exactly. And in fact, I used to work with a, like an ice climber and he said that hands down, the one thing he, he would bring with him and, and never forget was a stick of a stick or two of butter. And the whole reason was because it was <laughs> like, it was never going to melt because he's, he's hanging out, you know, like on a, like an icy cliff, but also because if he ever got stuck and really needed to like survive for a few days, he would have that butter to help him, you know, keep him yeah. going. So, right. Well, and also I think it brings into the conversation of having good, healthy fats, you know, staying away from processed oils, vegetable oils and canola oils and sunflower and, you know, oils and stuff of that nature. But really when we talk fat, we mean avocados and grass fed butter and ghee and coconut oil that's cold pressed or avocado oil tallow, mm -hmm. um, which is also a very good skin moisturizer mm -hmm. for those um, who don't know, really helpful for things like eczema, but chicken fat, you know, like mm -hmm. real, real fat long gone is the, your mama's fad of the 1980s of fat is bad, mm -hmm. low fat, everything, no fat, everything. Yeah. We need fat to yeah, stay nice and healthy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of us could actually get rid of 
you know, half of the skin products and hair products that we use, for instance, if we could just have a beautiful amount of healthy fat going into our systems from nuts and seeds and, and really good cold press olive oils. And at, at some point in this program, we'd love to hear more of, of, of your interest on fats actually, because I think, think there's so much to talk about from choosing the right fat to cook with, to, to choosing the right fats to eat. And so, and, and use either topically or internally. But that all being said, I mean, honestly, if the, the gallbladder's role, the liver and the gallbladder play a role in making sure that bile enters the small intestine to make sure that once those, those fatty substances hit our gut, that droplets of bile are there to help break it down. Enzymes play the same exact role. And there are so many different enzymes that play a different role. In fact, you might actually have been prescribed at some point by a nutritionist or health practitioner, or, or your best friend is like, Oh my God, I swear by these digestive enzymes. You can find them on the shelf of your health food store. And what they're doing is sort of, you know, helping to, you know, add some, some support to what the pancreas is not able to do. And when you know that you think you might have some digestive upset, some in, you know, in, in some indigestion, one of the things that we could recommend that you do very easily just to experiment is to maybe try out some digestive enzymes. They're consumed at the time of, of, of eating a meal or just before, and just see if like the process of digesting your food of the feelings of indigestion start to wane a little bit. If you feel like, you know, you, you, you have a meal and it hits your gut and it just doesn't move. If you're, you know, pooping indigested, like undigested food. If you feel like there are some, you know, food sensitivities or like, just like, like you get aggravated by certain foods that you're eating, they, they may not be able to be broken down properly. So that could be really helpful. Well, and also like malabsorbed fat, if you're having your uh, BM and you have floaty, maybe, you know, your stools are greasy, or you notice Mm. that they're pale in color. Maybe you notice that the food in your bowel movement is not digested. These are usually signs that you might need enzymes or other kinds of supports. I really love, you know, there's some different enzymes that I really love, Thorns, Biogest, and Digestion GB by Pure. There's lots of um, great companies out there. Don't go to your local CVS and try to get some um, subpar supplements, but it's also a great opportunity to work with a great practitioner mm-hmm. um, you know, and do some good research and um, do, do diligence when in really finding out how to support. And I was just going to also add for those of you who are, you know, maybe you are missing a gallbladder you know, to make sure that you are getting those enzymes. They are insanely important. And unfortunately, I see this often. People come to me and they have no gallbladder and nobody's ever told them to take enzymes. So ox bile and bile salts, milk thistle, there are lots of different things that can be supportive and that keeps the helps to break down those fats and keep that bile nice and loose and flowing, you know, down the chain, which is something that we want to have happen. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a really great point. So as we, as we, you know, we 
you know, have sorted through a little bit. We we're just touching here, right guys. There's so much more that goes on with the liver and the gallbladder and the pancreas. There's so many more complications. And so just keep in mind that like, if anything in our conversation is, is popped like a little light bulb or something that like have, has made you think a little bit more about checking in with a practitioner, do that. Because, you know, honestly, you know, leaky, we have talked and I'm sure you may or may not have heard the term leaky gut. And, you know, that can be one of the, the like the symptoms of, uh, of leaky gut in, in the small intestine can be one of the first signs that something is off. And, and unfortunately it's actually one of the, it, it, it means if there is truly leaky gut happening in, in the small intestine, his occurred after many years of stress on the small intestine. Um, and so it doesn't happen overnight. Whereas sometimes with a, with gallbladder and pancreas and liver dysfunction, things can kind of like not, not happen overnight, but just be, you know, can happen with a really heavy fatty meal or really complex meal, or especially with, you know, with meals eaten late at night. And so anyway, I, I wanted to, I wanted to tie in the two. Mm-hmm and transition us a little bit into the small intestine and yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. So I just want to chime in and say also like, if you're, if your gut is leaky, you're going to see signs. We like, we always say in functional medicine school, leaky gut, leaky everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That if you're struggling with eczema and psoriasis, things Mm -hmm. that are, you know, leaky skin, things that are kind of trying to get out of the body, that's Mm -hmm. often a sign of leaky gut mucus. You maybe have histamine, you're constantly having allergies and runny nose and snot. That is a sign that oftentimes the, the gut can be leaky. We have to think about the gut. It's, it's just a big tube, right? Like think of it as a big donut, if you will. And, but that intestinal lining, that sort of inside of that donut is only one millimeter thick. That is why leaky gut becomes such an important thing. Because when, as Nancy is sort of saying over time, wear and tear, the things that we don't see. You may not know you have food intolerances, or you may not think about the fact that you've been taking a medication for 12 years. And that can make you know, all these different factors. It's never just one thing. It's usually a series of many things. They break down that little layer inside of the gut. And then those, it sort of has these hairs, if you will, called villi and microvilli, and they sort of, sort of like parting the sea. <laughs> you know, if you think of a, uh, was it um, uh, Moses when he parts the sea <laughs> in yeah. the Bible? Well, actually, yeah, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> yeah, what what a jump in. Those little microvilli kind of get damaged, right? They're like little fingers. And they're like little hairs and it, 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 like, it's almost like, like if you, you know, if there's inflammation and stuff that's coming through the gut, um, like it's almost like you kind of like brush by like, like a lighter or a, or a match across those little hairs and they kind of get frizzled and fried. And, and like over time, they kind of, they might deteriorate into almost nothing. Right. And then we want to think about like the, the fact that there's now these like gaping holes and instead of, you know, food traveling through through the tube. Um, and, and when we mean holes, by the way, we're, we're, this is like minute at the cell level, but if instead of food go traveling through the tube and going smoothly, little bits and pieces of those undigested foods are, 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 are entering the bloodstream. Sort of like thinking about your gut as a slip and slide. And then the no. slip and slide becomes yeah. Swiss cheese. 
is yes. how I like to describe it. I like and it. And then the food and the proteins are going through the Swiss cheese, through the holes, through that gut lining. And then they're getting into our bloodstream and they're just wreaking havoc. They are wreaking havoc because like the bloodstream is like, what the heck is this? I don't know foreign what invader. this, well, it, it's a foreign invader and only because it is still, so if you, if you think about like a protein molecule that comes in on your chicken as, and it comes through and it doesn't get unraveled, if without those enzymes, they don't become unraveled into amino acids, the blood doesn't recognize that that globule of protein, it recognizes all the, all the parts of the protein, all the amino acids that, that it should have been broken into in the small intestine. And so basically what it says is like, I, I don't understand this like error, error, timeout, whoa, 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 slow down. And now the, now your white cells and your immune system are coming in to attack it. And so it's not that like piece of, you know, a protein from, from a piece of chicken is bad for us. The key here is that because of malnutrition, being able to like have optimal digestion is not, will not cause your immune system to go onto alarm and will therefore not cause you to have um, health conditions arise from the pro from, from this cycle. Right. And so like Cheryl said, right. It's like, like it's a histamine reaction. It's, it is eczema and psoriasis. It can ultimately in some cases lead to autoimmune diseases. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, what it does, and I think this is the most important thing to note here. Mm -hmm. It puts stress on the body. We often think of stress as just like, oh, my day-to-day emotional stress. And we don't always think about the fact that toxicity, maybe it's foods that don't work well with our bodies. All these different factors are stress. When we are not sleeping optimally, that is stress on the body. And Mm -hmm. so when the gut integrity is Mm -hmm. compromised, it's not just putting an added stress on the body system, but also the body is smart. It's constantly surveilling and trying to heal and clear and support. So inflammation, which ends up being kind of like the stem, think of it as like a little forest fire, like mm-hmm. having a little bonfire in the backyard that, you know, is put out in the night, not such a big deal. We're supposed to have small spurts of, in, of inflammation. It's called hormesis. And then it, clears. But when we're under that, all that stress, it becomes a forest fire that we can't put out. And so it really is just a fantastic reminder that in everybody's unique body, those triggers are different. And that these kind of constant stressors um, compromise that gut lining and our small intestine is where we absorb our nutrients. So if that leaky, you know, gut becomes leaky and you become Swiss cheese from the inside, right? You're not getting your nutrients. You're not absorbing. And we want to be breaking down our foods. We want to have optimal enzymes. We want to have optimal stomach acid, and we want to have a nice, healthy gut so that our body can do what it's intended to do and naturally made to do um, as well. Yeah. I mean, those little microvilli that are on the surface of the small intestine, their entire job is to take 
all of those along with enzymes is to sort of take all of those molecules and break them down, unravel them so that the body can make use of them. And so that is where we absorb our nutrition. You know, when we think about like optimal nutrition, it's getting, eating the rainbow of foods and then having, and then have allowing, having the system and our, our, like the, like the tools within our body to make sure that we can make best use of it. Um, and I was going to say that like, one of the things that can be really helpful if you or someone that you love and, or or that you're supporting is dealing with some of these issues, it's, it's really worth talking to a practitioner, even just on a a series of, of a cup, a, a small series of visits to help wrap your head and their head around some of the simple things and, you know, in steps that can be taken to help mend the gut and help heal it. It it is healable. It's just tissue, right? It's just like it, but, and it takes time. And so there's something about like, this is not a quick fix. And I think, you know, if you're, if you've been listening to us at like up until this point, you'll realize that, you know, our whole spirit of this is to peel back the layers of the onion so that we can get down to some of the root issues of our health. And honestly, if there's issues in the gut, that can be the root of so many things that are going on and having, having the right support and perspective on this can be key. Yeah. And we're going to be doing another episode later on down the road on the microbiome and talking more about the, you know, the bacteria and microbes that live in and on us because we are microbial beings. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get into that as much, so much today, but we are going to get a little deeper into other things that can compromise the gut being hidden infections, stealth infections, mm-hmm. things that may or may not be picked up um, by a traditional allopathic um, doctor or um, other things that often get sort of overlooked or missed. Um, you know, this is an area near and dear to my heart. These are things that I personally have been through in my own healing journey, but also a huge percentage of my practice is really around um, this area. So, you know, there are other things that happen and we have to remember the body is a dominant no effect, or you can even think of it as a switchboard. We're turning on and off switches all the time. Mm-hmm. But when we get a pile up of things happening, switches on, whatever it is, we um, have other things that can kind of drive and you know create dysbiosis. And so um, whether that is candida, which is a yeast overgrowth in the body, um, we have you know see things like parasites. We all have some parasites. We all have a little bit of H. pylori, um, but the thing is, is when they get out of balance and then that infection or those things overtake, it's a yin and yang, it's a scale. And so they can overtake and then cause further digestive problems. Um, also, you know, medications, like medications can be life-saving, they can be triage, but many times these um, long-term usages of medications wear down the gut lining, um, birth control is a big one. SSRIs and PPIs, um, inhalers and steroids, um, you know, can really damage the gut, um, over long periods of time and the almighty antibiotic, which can be life-saving, you know, and it's like, cool, awesome that we have, you know, these life-saving medications, but they're over-prescribed. And so, you know, we start to see that over time, this continued sort of compromising of the gut lining then triggers other symptoms Mm -hmm. and other things. And, you know, maybe that's Mm -hmm. migraines and headaches and 
the eczema and the psoriasis, fungal infections, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. all these different things. And they, they all play in a big playground together and they're the bullies and then they're the non-bullies, right? And so right. we see this thing start to happen and they can play off of each other and drive things even further. And I'm also going to add to that list metals toxicity. I have a client right now who got is- some gut issues, some like psoriasis skin type stuff and some like insulin resistance. But what was really driving all of it is this person has metals toxicity and they mm. didn't know it. Yeah. So the body is complex. Again, we're all in our unique bodies and unique situations. How I would treat myself is not how I would treat Nancy. Is not how I would treat Nancy's kid or mm. my partner or my neighbor or you know anybody else. But it's just it's just to give everybody some bigger food for thought that there can be other drivers and things um, that are mechanisms. And, you know, once we clear those things, the body comes into alignment and that's, what's awesome is the body is made to heal um, as well. Totally. I know we're, we are resilient beings. I mean, it, it is, it is our job to survive our goal. Like, like our body wants to survive, right? We're just a, like an organism thriving on this planet that, that wants to get better. So anyway, we can all get better. We just, I think having this knowledge and, and having the bandwidth to wrap our head around what is the next right step for our bodies is, is so key. And hundred percent. Yeah. So thank and finding you guys. Good practitioners. Yes. And finding good practitioners. So anyway, we want to thank you all for hanging with us, like in, in our banter and this being part two of digestion essentials, part one that was released already and is up on Apple podcast. Uh, please follow us there. Please give us your feedback and check us out on Instagram. We'd love to be your friend. So I visit our website at peeling the onion, the pot. Peeling <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should just leave that little blooper in the episode. Yes. Yeah. All right. We love you guys. Have a good one. Till next time. Pete peeling back the onion. You have just finished another episode of Peeling the Onion podcast. Music is by Greg Dijazu. You can also stay in touch with us over Instagram at Peeling the Onion Podcast and on our website at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. We would love to receive your feedback on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Peeling back the onion.